Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 10 of For Your Eyes O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Cherokee Sentai O-Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today, bud? Doing really well, man. Merry, really nice. uh, merry day after Christmas. Yeah, merry Boxing Day. Uh, of course, when Happy you Boxing hear... Day? Happy Boxing Day, I think. I don't actually know what Boxing Day is, other than that it is the day after Christmas. Other than uh, that, I know nothing about it. My understanding is... some British is, thing. It, it is like a British-Canadian, like a British and Canadian thing. I think it has something to do with, like, putting things in boxes and, like, delivering them to various charities or something. Oh, seriously? It's something like that, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. I assumed that it was, like, some older, like... Did it didn't have anything to do with actual boxes? Some archaic fight holiday? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Like something. It just never occurred to me that like something old and British would have a word that made sense to me. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, just Boxing Day. Like, because you put stuff in boxes. Um. In any case, yeah. Uh, so it is. It is December the twenty sixth while we record this. When you hear it, I think this will be our first episode of the new year. It will be. Happy twenty eighteen, everyone. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, before we get into the new year, Dave, we have a little bit of final business in 2017. Yeah, we sure do. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Well, our first star of the week, Matt, obviously, is Christmas. It was Christmas yesterday. Had a fantastic Christmas. Wonderful Christmas. Uh, We simply had a wonderful Christmas time. We (laughs) did. Oh, that song is so bad. Um... No, we had a great Christmas, man. It took, we, this was our first Christmas with the twins. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, the timeline was a little bit drawn out because there was a lot more time for like watching babies open things, which takes forever. And right, then, well, like, babies watching... don't quite understand like that the wrapping paper is not the present. Oh, yeah. I, it's super, like, I love watching the babies do classic baby things because everybody says, oh, yeah, you could just get your baby the box and they'd be perfectly happy. And it's not quite true, but it's pretty true. Yeah, it's at least halfway to true. Yeah, so they got a bunch of, like, great little instruments and toys, and uh, my brother-in-law sent them a climby thing with a little slide on it that is way too big for them right now. They cannot play with that alone. It is way too big for them, and also pretty big for being inside your house. Yeah, it's whatever. Uh, So we got, yeah, just a lot of great stuff. Um, Gave gave a lot of presents that I was really happy about. I love giving people presents. That's awesome and fun. I gave Got you a you present a cool that was game? also. I gave you a present that was also kind of a present for me because well, I gave my, you a a Dungeons and Dragons reference book that I want to use. Well, uh, my present to you, Matt, was also sort of a present for me because it was a game that requires more than one player, and uh, <laughs> I feel like I've got a pretty good idea who you will be playing that fun game with. So, Merry Christmas to both of us. Yeah. Yeah, like and, double Christmas. Yeah, and our little sister got me a cool game, and uh, you got Beth a cool game. Just a lot Very of cool game games. Heavy Christmas. Yeah, that's the best kind of Christmas. That's what I like. I like games. No tools this year. I, I gave you like a piece for one of your woodworking tools last year. I figured this was this was D and D year. Oh no 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 no! Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm excited. I just also like I just like I'm so accustomed to getting some sort of tool for Christmas. It was a little bit weird to not get. Not get any. That's actually not true. My father-in-law got me this rad, like 
face shield that like flips down over your whole head. It's pretty rad. Oh yeah, it looks like a welding mask, but it's like uh like see through. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, Merry Christmas. Hope your Christmas was great, guys. Our Christmas was wonderful. Spent it with the family and uh, just ate a lot of good food yes. and had presents and relaxed and chilled out with the babies. It was awesome. Uh, and you know what is just as exciting about Christmas, Dave? Well, just almost as exciting as Christmas uh, is the like week and a half that I take off of work around Christmas time. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I'm also on, I'm on Christmas break as a teacher, which is pretty awesome. So uh, we actually have, uh, we have got a pretty long break this year because Christmas fell on a Monday. And I didn't realize kind of how rad it was gonna be having christmas on a monday because now how to say like as much as i love christmas and i love christmas like the build up to christmas is still like yeah there's a lot of things to do for the build up to christmas but now we've like had a lovely christmas and now there's just two weeks in front of me i don't have anything to do Uh, we're gonna take a little trip up to new york to visit some family but aside from that like i'm just gonna chill for two weeks and it's gonna be Amazing. Yeah, dude. It's going to be rad as hell. So uh, what, Matt, is our second star of the week? What are you going to spend some of this time doing, buddy? Dave, some of this time I'm going to be spending on a little Christmas present that I bought myself. um, A game for the Nintendo Switch called Golf Story. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I don't have a Switch. I don't have this game. Um, Okay. I'm assuming it's not just a golf game. Okay, it's not just a golf game, but it is definitely a golf game. It is, it's a new game that looks like an old Super Nintendo, like JRPG. Okay. Um, But it's all about, like, playing golf. So, instead of, like... Got it. Okay, I know that that doesn't sound exciting, but imagine that you have, like... What is yeah, actually... No, it doesn't. You're correct. Okay. Imagine that you have a golf game that is actually, like, very fun and, like, well-designed. Okay. Yeah, I can conceive of that. There was one when I was a kid that I seemed to enjoy, recall yeah. enjoying. I, I, did you not play uh, Mario Golf for the GameCube when we had that in college? No, I didn't. Not really. Oh, dude. Mario Golf for the GameCube was pretty fun. So, um, Anyway, this is a fun golf game, um, but also there's, like, 30 to 45... Or, like, 30 to 35% of this game... That is just, like, straight-up RPG stuff. Oh. Well, that's cool. You have to, like, go on missions and, like, get new gear and learn new skills and, like, upgrade. Like, you level up. Huh. And listen, if... I was going to say, well, if you want me to play a golf game, that's definitely the way to do it. Right. Like, that's I'll, really what you want, right? I was going to say, I think I'll probably play pretty much any game that's 40% RPG. That sounds... Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. Like, let's play tennis. Like, ultimate tennis master. And you've got to, like, go on a quest for a legendary rack, racket? Bracket. Or yeah, something, yeah. right? Is this uh, the kind of vibe? Yeah, so here's here's a here's a thing that you have to do in Golf Story. You're mastering, I guess... like, devastating golf techniques? Well, okay, so... Um, I guess your spoilers for Golf Story, but um, there is a bit where on one of, like, your home golf course, the moles have been very active in stealing the balls away, like, in mid-game. Like, and so you're, sha- Okay, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, so you're trying to figure out why they've suddenly become so active. And 
you do this whole thing where you're working with the groundskeeper to like put homing beacons in some golf balls so that you can follow them. And then eventually what you realize is that the moles on the golf course have hey. been organized by a pair of like teenage necromancers. Okay. Who, who have like This cre- is getting better. Yeah, definitely. I'm yeah, a lot yeah, more yeah. interested. So they have made an army of skeletons, but the skeletons don't have eyes, so they're just wandering around. And so they got the moles to collect what they thought were eyeballs, but in fact are just golf balls, and so the skeletons are still blind. Uh and so you need to like when you're standing sort of across the river on top of an RV shooting golf balls at these skeletons to destroy them. <laughs> Which is kind of great. It's great because it's very fun. It's also great because so far, that is the only part of the game that is even remotely like that. And so the rest of the game is, you know, it's, you know, you're leveling up and there's characters and stuff. But it's mostly just like kind of like a little bit weird golf. Like one of the golf courses has a bunch of cavemen on it. But like there's not like otherwise magical stuff. But pretty early in the game, it's like, oh, no, here's an army of skeletons you need to destroy with golf. And it's very fun. <laughs> no, no, um, wait, just hold up real quickly. Do skeleton armies typically have eyes? I don't think of them as having eyes. Hey, listen, man. It's not normally a <laughs> problem. Uh, teenage necromancers don't also usually uh, corral armies of moles. Okay, yeah, so... right, right. I mean, just find it a fiction day. That's the whole thing. Uh, no, that sounds like a pretty fantastic game, Matt. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so, Dave, what is our third Star of the Week? Speaking so our third star of, of the Skeleton week, Armies. Speaking of Skeleton Armies, is I finally got out. Beth and I finally got out to go see Thor Ragnarok, and it was... It was great. It's a very like, it good was movie. Really very, very. It was very, very good. Uh, it was very good. Uh, thanks, mom and dad, for watching the babies while we went and saw the movie. It was super rad of you to do that. So let's actually talk about. It. I think we can take a few minutes. Um, yeah, because now we've both seen it, and it has been long enough. I think that anyone I, you who feel like you should have seen, seen it, it as well. Yeah. yeah, like I super wanted to see it, and basically wasn't going to be able to. It's been like a month, so so get on it. I did see. Okay. So before we even start talking about this, real quickly, somebody on Facebook, like right when the movie had come out, <clears throat> had posted, they're like, oh, Thor Ragnarok, super good. And this dude I know, who is a, like a weird curmudgeon, like unpleasant curmudgeon, he was like, it was a dumb movie and it was terrible. And I was like, well, that's a weird thing to say. Now, I haven't seen it. I'm not going to comment because I haven't seen it. And like, and I hadn't talked to you yet. I was like, maybe somehow this movie is not very good. That seems impossible, but but maybe. Maybe. Uh, and then I saw him post later, somebody else was like, I didn't think, like, you know, like, about uh, Justice League. And he was like, oh, Justice League was an amazing movie. I was like, oh, okay. You're just wrong about everything then. I can, <laughs> I just want it. Like, that That was like a double-blind study. Like, if without even seeing it, I can tell you that Thor is better than Justice League. Dude, and I haven't I, seen Justice League. Can I tell you two things about Justice League? Oh, did you um, see it? No, uh, until you just <laughs> mentioned it, I had forgotten that it had actually come out. <laughs> like, I thought it was, it made such a, like, a little impact either on my life or anyone I was talking to that I genuinely had forgotten that it was released in theaters. Um, <laughs> the, thought it was like direct-to-video or something? I don't know, man. I guess I thought it was still coming. Because uh, the other day I was in the, uh, I was in a grocery store in line uh, and I was looking at, like, the various tabloids. And one of them was a Justice... It was a magazine about the Justice League. You know how, like... 
when movies come out, there will be like, oh, here's a special edition of this magazine that's all yeah, about this one yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, and it says special edition as though that is a ma- like the magazine you are holding in your hands is something that comes out every month. And this is a special edition of that magazine, even though right. that is actually not the case. And it's just like a weird one off. Of like, so yeah, like People Magazine publishes, right, yes, and uh, it's very uh, strange. Anyway, but the way this magazine was set up, at least on the cover and when I picked it up and was starting to flip through it, it was, it, the advertising on this magazine did not make it look as though this was a magazine about the movie Justice League. It made it seem as though the Justice League were real people and this was a tabloid magazine about them. <laughs> like, it was a very surreal experience to, like, flip through it real quick. It's like, you know, like, page 43, learn the truth about the Man of Steel. I'm like, I don't know, he's from Krypton. I already know all this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> this is fairly straightforward information, guys. Like, um, I do now- not live in the world of this movie. So Thor thank was goodness, yeah. Oh my gosh, thank goodness, yeah. So um, Thor was predictably fantastic. Like it was really, really amazing, and it was it was wild because it felt like such a uh, thematic and uh, departure from the first two movies. Like it did not feel like the first two movies almost at all, aside from the fact that like. There was Thor in it, and it was, like, fun and cool and, like, adventurous and rad. Yeah. But it was definitely not kind of caught up in the Asgardian mythos as as much as the first two movies were. And I think it's actually a really, is a really neat thing, because really what it felt like was, like, Thor meets, you know, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, that was much more... The feeling of it is out in space, and uh, and all of this stuff is happening, and I think it was a really, really neat step forward for the extended Marvel Universe, because we've seen characters kind of interacting before, right? Yeah. But this is the first time that we've really seen, I guess, a genre mashup from the MCU, yeah, and it's great, and I think that Thor is, like, the perfect thing to do with that with, right? Because, yeah. like, Thor, like, Marvel Thor is a genre mashup. Yeah, it like, absolutely sort of at is. at its heart. Right. Uh, it so is, you, get, you know, it is, like, kind of a mythological, but also space-faring, weird, multi-world kind of crazy thing. So, this was a great movie to do it in. Yeah, oh, dude, and there were some very good, like, Walt Simonson Thor moments in this movie. Oh, Not, dude, not as yeah. many as you might expect. Well, um, there was there was the one moment that was, well, we could just talk about it. Um, oh, yeah, uh, Scourge, when Scourge did the thing. Yeah, um, when Scourge did the thing that you knew he was going to do with the two machine guns. Yeah, when he, for a moment, was standing alone on the bridge. Um, yeah. It was... The only reason that that was a dis- like it was the only disappointing part of the movie, yep. and it was only disappointing because it failed to capture like the best moment in the best run of superhero comics of all time. Yeah, it's like it's a tough moment to top. Um, and it was actually really interesting because I, of course, have you know I've read the Walt Simonson run, and so like I knew it was happening. And Beth and I were talking about it afterwards, and she was like, "Yeah, it was really weird." She said because I could tell. Like, I could tell that it was supposed to be this really significant moment. But just from watching the movie, it, like, kind of didn't totally make sense. 
Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, listen, like I said, it's it's one of the best moments in comics, and it's kind of hard to get that across in a movie if yeah. that isn't the main character. Like, one of the other best moments in comics, I still haven't seen the new Spider-Man movie. Um, oh, I but still I, haven't seen it either. But from what I understand, like, the other best moment in superhero comics where Spider-Man lifts, like, picks up the heavy stuff in the sewer. Oh, is really? The, is that in there? Is apparently, like, in that movie and has done so, so well. Um, and so, like, it's kind of crazy that we got both of those moments in movies in the same year. Uh, but since that Spider-Man is, is, wild. is the, like, since that movie is about Spider-Man, they were able to sort of build to that properly. Whereas this, like, this is not a Scourge movie, nor would I have wanted to really watch a Scourge movie. Yeah, no, that would have been weird. Um, anyways, things about the movie that were fantastic. I mean, there was so much stuff. Uh, the interplay between Hulk and Thor, I thought they did a fantastic job of. I continue to love Mark Ruffalo as both Banner and Thor, or uh, Banner and Hulk, not Thor, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was really... In, they did a very good job of making Hulk a separate character in this movie. Yeah, they did do a really, really good job of it. And really... Um, they did a great job of making him a character in a way that I he really hadn't been. No, because like the, the other last movies. time, the last time that he'd been given that much like dedicated screen time was back when he was Edward Norton, and that was a long time ago in a movie that not many people remember or saw. Yeah, well, not even, or at least um, not many people talk about now. Man, not just screen time, but like they gave Hulk a dialogue. And I, I honestly don't even know if he, if he's had more than like maybe one or two lines of like shouty dialogue mm-hmm. beyond uh, in any of the movies he's been in. And so the fact that he had him just like walking around and talking to Thor, uh, I thought was really really cool. So that I thought was fantastic. Um, Taika Waititi as as Korg, I thought was hilarious and it was like, amazing. super super fun. Um, I thought it was a great decision. I never. Had I been directing it, I guess, like, never in a million years would I have made Korg the Cronin uh, comic character. Uh, but I thought it was a great choice. It really worked. Um, Yeah, just everything about the movie was super, super fun. I think we could probably keep talking about it, but uh, we we're going to run long if we do that. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know, if you haven't had a chance to go see it. Jeff Goldblum, like Jeff Goldblum killed it. Like, he oh, just dude, crushed yeah. it. Goldblum is amazing at everything, but he was particularly good at. <laughs> Listen, dude, it ain't Silverbloom. <laughs> Goldblum for a reason. Um, oh, oh, that was good. Um, so what, Matt? What? What is our fourth, very mysterious star of the week? Dave, our fourth star of the week is a weird email we got last night. A very weird email. Um, it is. Hi- how do you want to describe this? Because we are... Okay, we got a weird email last night. It was sent to all of our... Like, we have a sort of ongoing um, email chain with a, a lot of our old college friends. Yeah. This is an email sent to that chain, so it must be from someone within that chain. Uh, because who... Like, no one else has that particular list of contact information. Yeah. Um, but it is not from someone in that list. It's just like, you know, a new email address that one of those people made. Yeah. We don't know who. Like, we do not know which person on the list has sent us this email. And it it is, is, it it is is an in-character email starting a new, presumably, play-by-email RPG 
of White Wolf's Hunter the Reckoning. And Whoever... if you, I was going to say, if you've never played Hunter the Reckoning, like, getting a weird email that kicks off a Hunter game on Christmas Eve is very strange because Hunter is a creepy game. Yeah. Well, Christmas, Christmas. Um, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. And so, basically, it just is like, if you want to continue... Like go to page twelve, basically. Like, re- like make a basically make a new email address and respond to this email, and I'll know you're in. Otherwise, like, you know, you'll get your brain scrubbed by like Men in Black, and you'll forget everything ever happened. But if you want gonna, to like, come on this mystery of like horrifying monsters, like shoot me an email, <laughs> right? So like, I'm gonna get down on it. I just haven't had a chance to do it today. Um. I don't have a lot to talk about this yet, um, no, because it's only been a we'll few hours. We'll you later. It's just maybe, like, the best way to start a new game? Yeah. Like, don't tell people that they are about to start playing a new game. Just shoot them an email in character and, like, let it roll. Um, <laughs> yes. Very exciting. Um, that's it. That's just... I don't yeah, know. So I guess, I guess I just maybe had we'll to talk update about you it? later. <laughs> This is yeah, because this is kind of the first chance that you and I have had a chance to talk about it. So I just wanted to sort of like gauge how you were feeling. I'm feeling pretty excited. Yeah. Um. So what? What, Matt? What's our fifth star of the week, Dave? Our fifth star of the week is that, as aforementioned, this is our first episode of 2018. Yeah, it is. So first of all, happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. Um. But also, that means that since 2017 is over. Uh, we need to figure out a new motto. We do. For 2018. Well, we, f- we figured it out. We figured yeah, it yeah, out, yeah. Matt. We've discussed this previously. So, so here's, um, here's the issue. Yeah. <laughs> is that in 2017, our motto, which I thought was going to be great. And it was I still, good. I still feel I felt, very strongly about it. Was uh, be excellent to each other. Yeah. A and simple motto. A simple An motto. Easy, theoretically simple in, uh, conceptually simple, at least easy to get behind. We yeah. thought, but apparently, it did not have the sort of wide, like the nationwide impact that we were hoping it would. Yeah, we were hoping for a lot. Uh, you know, more. based on all of 2017, uh, it was sort of a weird one, guys. Yeah, uh, and so we were thinking that in 2018, you know, still keeping it positive, but maybe a little more strident. Yeah. Yeah, just a little more, um, you know, not not negatively aggressive, but but aggressive. Yeah, like so be aggressive, not you exactly. Know. Uh, so here's here's what we're doing. 2018, crush it, just crush it, guys. Now, here's whatever what it like, is, here's what I like about crush it is that crush, crush it. it can apply to a lot of things, right? It works on multiple levels. Like you see something negative going on, crush it, just crush it. You got a job interview coming up? Dude, crush it. Just crush it. You got beef with somebody? Crush that beef. Yeah. Don't let that beef live. Whatever it, it is, guys. Yeah. So whatever crush it. Whatever you are coming across in 2018, whatever gets thrown up in front of you, just remember that it's 2018 and it is time to crush it. Yeah. Well, with that, Matt, you and I have stuff that we can crush and it's... Yes. A review of this episode of Jurekey Sentai Ranger. Yes, we're going to watch episode 10. It's called He's Here, It's a Thief. 
Uh, and we will be right back. All right, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 10 of Choroku Sentai Ranger. Um, and it continues in this sort of new vein of the show. Yeah, um, it's not as, like, crazy, and it, it's definitely not raw, is what I would say. Yes. But it is a really good episode. It is a good episode. It's got a cool monster with a fun... Okay. Okay, well, it's got a hacking monster, and this show is from 1995, um, which means that it is a hilarious monster. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we shot, we start off on the moon, right? And uh, Emperor Bacchus Rap is going nuts. Like, he is, he is not only having a temper tantrum, he is having such a temper tantrum that, like, his robot brain is malfunctioning and he's just, like, flailing around and breaking stuff in his Yeah, brain. he is, yeah, he is flipping out. Uh, he is flipping out so hard that, like, everybody else kind of doesn't know what to do. Like, they can't handle him. Uh, what's going on here? And eventually it falls... Like, this seems to be something that, like, maybe happens periodically because Acha actually knows what to do. Yes, Acha the robot butler walks over and is like, ah, like, he is clearly having some problem with his robot brain. Um, and she just, like, walks over with a screwdriver and jams it into the Emperor's neck, gives it a couple of turns to, like, tune him up. And he is... Emperor Bacchus Wrath is still very upset, but he is able to control his anger. Yeah. He does he does knock Acha's head off though. Yeah, um that is that is pretty amazing. Uh so <laughs> uh we find out what he's so furious about is that he's just like we can't beat We can't beat O'Robo. Yeah, O'Ranger Robo is just like straight up invincible and everything we throw at it just gets defeated and he's getting very upset because of course he is this all-conquering emperor who has never had this kind of trouble before and he kind of doesn't these are new feelings for him and he doesn't know what to do with them yeah um but thankfully well i mean thankfully for him uh his horrible son has a good idea yeah he's like oh he's like listen just send he says, send Barra Hacker. And we're just like, well, we don't know what Barra Hacker is. He's like, listen, uh, Barra Hacker. And this is actually, I'm super into this because this is another really fantastic plan. What their plan is, is they said, like, listen, we're going to send in Barra Hacker since we can't defeat O-Robo like itself in its robot form. Mm -hmm. What we will do is we will send Barra Hacker and Barra Hacker will, like, mess up the data, like, the programming that they have that allows them to merge. And then once we've done that, then, like, they, it won't matter that they can't, that, like, we can't beat them when they're merged because they won't be able to merge because we'll have, like, screwed up the programming. Right. But, of course, since it's 1995, they don't say we'll, like, reprogram it. They say they're going to, like hack all of the data, and then overwrite the data. Which is yeah, we're going to steal right, all of the like, data. Yeah. Um, this this episode gets into, like, some... You know the movie Hackers? Yeah, it... It, uh, it definitely gets into a little bit of that. Right. Uh, it's in a pretty amazing way. 
So, <laughs> um, so we, we cut down to Earth, and the, the O-Rangers are rushing to action because Barra Hacker has already attacked a, like, computer bank. Um, yeah. A, you know, a bank of computers, not a the computers in a bank. Although yeah. we will get that actually later in the episode. Oh, wait, Matt. Sorry, sorry, wait. So let me, uh, let me drop back one second. There was one thing I totally forgot, and I really, really wanted to mention it. Okay. Is um at the end of this, so Ancha's gotten his head back on after Emperor Bacchus Wrath knocks it off, and as he like, and at the end of the scene, Emperor Wrath like turns and like hits him again, I think kind of on accident, and his head flies off, and Ancha's head lands on Coach's body, and they just say like oh, yeah. combine, uh, which I thought was a very funny joke, and I wanted to uh, <laughs> like I laughed. It was so. Fun. Anyways, so the Rangers are out on patrol, and uh, like just kind of like running recon. And the chief calls in, like you said, this, this like, computer base has gotten attacked. So they roll in, and they sort of say, okay, let's split up. Um, yeah. You know, Goro and uh, Juri will head this way, and then the other three will sort of circle around back. We follow yeah. Goro and Juri. They run in. They see a couple of guards who have been knocked out. We see a computer room that is in complete disarray because, okay... Again, 1995 hacking. So what that means is that the computers are all turned on and sort of blinking, and there's, like, printer paper scattered all over the room. Because, yeah, of well, course, in, in a TV show or movie in the 1990s, you know, up to that point, if you were going to a place to search for information, you were turning the whole room upside down, right? You were smashing pictures and flipping the couch and dumping out all the dresser drawers. Right, uh, and so it's because like that's... that, but computers... Because, but that's not where computer data is, and the show doesn't quite seem to understand that. So, um, no, that's pretty fantastic. So, um, there is, well, okay, there is all of that, and then, Matt, there is a dude with his head, like, through a computer monitor. So, that's a little bit more intense. Um, because that man, that man, well, that man's definitely dead. Well, okay. That's, yeah, that ratchets it up a little bit. So uh, they run over, they're like, oh my gosh, this, like, they don't say, like, oh, he's dead, but they both, like, look at him and they're like, yeah, this dude, this dude is dead. Um, The computers all turn on, and this little, like, graphic pops up, and it's a little, like, a computer, it's like a super old computer, like, animation. Yeah, it looks like the sort of 3D animation that would someday become refined enough to become the first Virtual Fighter game. Yes, that's a good way to put that, Matt. And he says, he's saying like, death to O-Ranger, death to O-Ranger. And then we get like a first person view from what we will find out and can kind of intuit is Barra Hacker's like viewpoint. And he's got like computer readouts. He's got like an AR overlay, basically. That he mm-hmm. looks at the world through, and he sneaks up on on the rangers, and he attacks them real quickly, and then they sort of like jump back, and they they uh, henshin, and then they start to fight. So here's what Barahacker looks like. Amazing. He's amazing. He looks like he's got kind of a lizard feel to him, a kind of like bit, a yeah. Uh, yeah. He's got sort of like a chameleon shape to his torso and head. But his head isn't a head, it's just a computer screen with, like, a face. Well, there is a face on it, Um, and not just, like, a picture of a face on a screen. There's, like, a molded face coming out of the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the coloring on that face is, like, an old TV, like, test pattern. 
Yes. Uh, and sometimes the face disappears and is replaced by, like, replaced by a computer screen. And he's got, like, giant... Remember, Matt? You remember Baraka from, from Mortal Kombat? Dave, how could I forget? Well, I, okay, good good question. Uh, if you never played Mortal Kombat, Baraka basically just has, like, swords coming out of his forearms. He's like, uh, he's like Wolverine, but if instead of three claws, he just had, like, one giant claw... Uh, sort of like Deadpool from the terrible Weapon X movie at the end. Yeah, that very similar to that. Out. So um, that is what Baraka looks like, and it is also what what Bara Hacker looks like. I actually am fairly convinced, because later in the episode, we hear them say Bara Hacker. And mm-hmm. if you say Bara Hacker in English, it just, well, it sounds like Bara Hacker. But if you say it in Japanese, it just kind of sounds like Baraka. Which kind of sounds like Baraka. And I am uh, low-key convinced oh. that this is like a joke for the grown-ups. It could be. Uh, yeah, all because big Mortal Kombat heads out there. Uh, listen, man. I mean, I, I would have gotten the joke, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly. And listen, I mean, if you do not remember those early Mortal Kombat days, there was nothing bigger than Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah, it was huge. So so they're, they're like fighting Barahacker and... He does, like, he's got, like, this really cool move. So when the Rangers go to attack him, like, right before they attack, we see his viewpoint again, and he, like, looks at their weapons, and he does, they get, like, an outline, and then it, like, centers up on his screen, and then we get, like, data readouts on it. And then right when they attack, he becomes immune to it. So he has some sort of, like, predictive analysis ability where if he can, like, get a look at your weapon, and maybe this is, like, based on all the data that, like, other robots have gathered or something, but he can make himself immune to it. Yeah. Which is pretty he's, awesome. He's, like, hacking... He's hacking the, the the battle swords to be not useful against him or something? Yeah, sure. That's what is, is happening. Because, um, like, he doesn't stop the things from being able to attack, but he does just so, like, you know, he knows how they work and is able to defend himself against them. Yeah. Um, so then... Um, one, one thing I do want to say about this fight is that it's all, like, very close quarters. Yeah, like, inside a, a room, which is neat. Uh, which is very fun. I, I think that is a very cool... Especially in a show where most of the time they're fighting out in, like, a courtyard or, you know, like the big open part of a quarry, to see them just, like, inside fighting in a room, like, a, next to a bunch of computers and tables and stuff, I think was a very neat choice. Yeah. So, um, then Jury, like, throws an electronic grenade, and the scene ends. Mm-hmm. And then we just go to the base, where all the rangers are there and fine. Yeah. Oh, at some point in that fight, the other three rangers showed up. Yeah. In case you watched the show and are now listening... And they're wondering if we forgot that. It's in my notes. We did not forget. We didn't. It, we they just weren't very effective. So they weren't yeah. part of the conversation. Yeah. So the Rangers are like reviewing the tape. Yeah. They're watching the game tape. Yeah. Which is taken from a third person perspective. Yeah. I mean, they're so, watching the episode of O-Rangers. Yeah. They're, they're just watching. <laughs> it's like, so why was, where was the, what? Okay. Listen, so, man. Okay. If we're going to headcanon this, they were in a room full of computers that is clearly owned by, like, their organization. It is. There was a sign outside where they were, like, running in. So they probably had security cameras. Thank you. Oh, Matt, no. That's a bomb to my soul. I'm not even <laughs> joking. 
So the chief immediately figures out exactly what the plan is on Baradoya's yeah. end. He's like, oh, that is a hacking monster, and they must clearly be going after O-Robo's data so that he can not transform, like the Shuriki Mobile's data, so that they cannot then turn into O-Robo, in which case we will be unable to defeat Baranoia. Brilliant plan. Right. Except we've already figured it out. And then, right. uh, so, yeah, Jerry's <laughs> like, well, yeah, but like all this stuff is password protected. We have like at least four or five passwords. And then Shoei, um, kind of a jerk move. I feel like we end up talking about like the weird casual sexism of O-Ranger a lot. Yeah, this is but another one of those weird times. casual sexism in O-Ranger. So, Shohei genuinely pulls a well actually. Yeah, he pulls like a well actually mansplain, which I hate. I hate. I curse you, O-Ranger, for making me use that term because I actually sort of loathe it. Um, yeah, and also curse you for making me mad at Shohei, who I genuinely who I, who want I to like. Really like. Um, but he's like, um, actually, there's 21 passwords, and they're all super complicated. <laughs> and, and then the chief decides to show them a visualization of it. He's like, listen, we have 21 passwords. It's all encrypted. We have a very good security system. But essentially, it's like a maze. And the password, like having more and better passwords can buy us time. But a sufficiently, like... Talented and dedicated person can eventually get through the maze. And as yeah, like, he's showing this to us, we look at, like, what appears to be an Intellivision game where, like, a little dot is moving through a very crude maze on the computer screen. Right. Um, and I really do, like, that at least I thought was really cool. Because the chief is like, no, we're impenetrable. He's like, no, this is actually kind of how this works. Like, given sufficient time, no system is untouchable. Yeah, it's she the says, only listen. moment in this episode where I feel like the writers of O-Ranger kind of understand hacking. <laughs> um, for all that I know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, computers may as well be powered by magical gnomes. Like, I know nothing right. about computers. Um, so anyways, he says, listen, so really the problem is, is that we're in a race against time here. We need to draw Barra Hacker out of wherever he is and destroy him before he can, like, penetrate our computer systems. Like, now that's what we're doing. Yeah. Because if we just let him, like, we can't stop him. We could only delay him. So we've got to get him out of wherever it is that he's hiding and, and take care of this. Now, the bad news is that Barra Hacker also knows this, and so he is trying to distract them. And the way he is distracting them is just by, like, hacking stuff all over town to cause chaos. So the first thing he does is he hacks all the ATMs in a bank. So they just start spitting out money and there's like a money riot. Yeah. You know, the classic TV money riot. Right. Um, I, I believe that that would happen. Like, I don't have a whole lot of trouble believing that like, yeah, that that would get weird very quickly. Um, so the Rangers just like motorcycle out. At first, we don't see that there is like a money riot going on. All we get the news is that like, oh, someone has hacked the bank. And so the Rangers, like, get on their motorcycles and are driving out to the bank. <laughs> I was like, guys, you can't... This isn't, like, a punching problem. Right, you your can't... motorcycles are not going to help you unhack the bank. <laughs> um, so they get there, and I don't even know if they do anything to solve the problem. I think they just show up and get what is happening explained to them. No, there is a cool moment, though, that, like, the cops are outside and they're stopping everybody from going in. And the O-Rangers run up. 
and you just like it's super quick but you see Garo just like nod at the policeman and the policeman nods back and then the arrangers just like continue running by and I thought that was a really like, it was really subtle but it was a really cool moment of kind of continued world building that people know who the O-Rangers are. They know who they are, like, and they are part of, like, the official power structure. Like, they have governmental clearances and stuff. Yeah. Which is such a big departure from Kaku Ranger that I, I think is really cool. Um, well, I mean, Kaku Ranger didn't even have a home. So, well, let yeah, alone so governmental little, clearances. Yeah. Uh, so they run in and fail to solve the problem, but are immediately further distracted by the fact that um, Barahacker has hacked. He says, now the cars are in danger because he has hacked all of the um, uh, traffic lights. Yeah. And at first, I was really confused because they just say the cars are in danger. And I was like, this is like 1995, man. I don't think that like the cars were that computerized at that point. No. Um, although it did make me think of that amazing scene in The Fate of the Furious. Oh, man, uh, I never saw it. I never saw it. Oh, no? Well. Yeah, um, not for not, like, again, dude, not for well, lack of trying, just like. There's there's a city full of cars that all get hacked. No, that's pretty amazing. They hack the um, cars, and then the cars are just driving around with nobody inside them. And then um, Dom and the boys got to fix it. <laughs> Dom and the fam, sorry, not the boys. There are um, some boys in the fam, but you know what I mean. Right, yeah, no, 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 no. Wait, I thought Dom was the bad guy in The Fate of the Furious. Listen, man, you got to see this movie. Okay, I got to see the movie. Um, so anyways, uh, the they're hacking the lights, and then we get, like, cars crashing. There was one shot of a car where we just, like, very clearly see the ramp that it drives off of. Yeah, what's the budget on this show like, where they can just, in a random episode, like, blow up two cars? I don't know, but it would seem as though if your budget is big enough to blow up two cars... Your budget should also be big enough to edit out, like, the half a second of footage where we very <laughs> obviously see the ramp. Uh, it's just like... Anyways. Um, so, this is all a distraction to hack the base. Like, Barra Hacker has set all of this up to... Like, I don't know why, because it's not like the O-Rangers are going to be counter-hacking from within the base. He could have just let them sit at the base and not be able to do anything, but whatever. Um, so we go from there Well, I, to... I think he's trying to keep them busy so that they can't find him, like physically find him to shoot him in the head. Oh, okay. That, that makes sense. Um, so we go from there to the moon. Yes. Where Emperor Bacchus Wrath is super stoked. Everything is working out really, really well. Um, the, the horrible Prince Bulldont has gotten word from Barahacker that he has now hacked 19 of the 21 passwords. And they're like, time to celebrate. Start the music. Yeah. And then the Acha, music. <laughs> Acha pulls out a violin. Kocha sits down at a tiny keyboard. This is the tiniest, cutest keyboard. And they start playing a, like, Baroque Waltz. Uh, I don't know the name of it, but it's like... It is, da, it is da, one da, that you da, know. Da, dun, 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 that one. Yeah. Which hey, is... Hey, Dave. Yeah, how, Matt. How come, these, how come these evil space robots that hate humans are sitting around dancing to Earth music? I had that same... Qu and not just Earth music. Like a classical waltz. If they yeah. had been like, you know who's rad... Like some EDM guy that I've never heard of. Like, or like at yes. least someone who they could have like heard on the radio that day. Like, oh, this Michael Jackson character, he gets it. Destroy all humans, but save him. 
Like, no. They had to, like, like, they had to go, like, digging through records to find this. I I just, it was a weird... It was also, a weird choice. It's a weirdly extended scene. I feel like the writers of this particular episode wrote like three quarters of an episode. They were like, I don't know, pat it out with some stuff. And this is one of the things they patted Just, it like, out Just like give with. it to the intern and then went drinking. I That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then like, because later in the episode, we get the full transformation sequence for O-Ranger Robo. Like... Like, yeah. every bit of it. Which we do not need to see. We've gotten it for a few episodes. The only reason we get the full thing is because there is not enough episode in this episode. Yeah. Uh. So so we go from there after, like, as you say, I know, almost uncomfortably long waltzing scene. And we just see Barra Hacker hacking. And he's just, like, it's not a lot. He's just hacking. Um, but he's not even typing because he's got like cyberpunk style like cords that are just plugged into a computer. Yep. So it's Acha all just and, happening in his head. Acha and Kocha have somehow teleported down to Earth and are standing right behind him because, of course, now now that they are the growing mechanism, Acha and Kocha need to be like standing within arm's length of the robots at <laughs> any given time. <laughs> all the time. Um. So we get again, we get the first person view from Barra Hacker, and he is at the data bank, and he is getting the data. Like, he's getting it. He's, he's won. He's victorious. He just needs to finish this one password, and then, then finally, they will be able to overwrite the data, and then his data will be the best data, and the other data will not be data anymore, and the data that they need to data the m- machines together will no longer data properly. So uh, right as he's about to finish another animation pops up and it's O-Red. It is an animation of O-Red. It is an extremely crude 3D computer animation of O-Red. He's just like, not today, Barra Hacker. And then they get blocked out of the system. Now, how have they done this? There's no explanation. Just nothing. No explanation whatsoever. But and all then, of the, the O-Rangers run in. They're like, ha, we knew you were going to hack. So we hacked your hack. You got double hacked, jerk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're just like, okay. And then uh, it may be my favorite moment of this episode. Acha, like hype man style, like jumps down into like an open armed squat in front of Barra Hacker. And he's like, yeah, but you didn't count on my boy being like a savage beast. <laughs> And then Barahacker just attacks. It's incredible. <laughs> There's a great practical effect where uh, when he's swinging his swords around at the O-Rangers, he hits a couple of tables, and those tables just straight up catch on fire. Yeah, that was a good moment. Um, so they, they try to fight, and again, they, they use the King Smashers, but he like analyzes them quickly, and the King Smashers don't do anything. Listen, dude, they, did not, they did not count on his beast-like savagery. That's true. Uh, and then he also has some sort of, like, uh, Barra Hacker does, like, an electric blast that he can shoot at them. So he does that. And the Rangers are just like, well, okay, we clearly, this isn't working as well as we planned. So they just dip. Like, yeah. they're, they're running. And uh, they split up again, and Goro and Juri go together. So I'm wondering if this is, like, foreshadowing for a thing? I don't know. I think, I, th- I think it might just be that those are the two toughest ones. So, like, the other three are together as tough as, as those, those, those two. two are. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so, anyway, so they sort of, they split up, and uh, uh, Momo and Sohei and Yuji, like, they're running through, like, a factory, and there's a really funny moment 
where they run down the stairs and we see Barra Hacker at the top of the stairs. But of course, Barra Hacker, they're like steep, like factory stairs and Barra Hacker is in like a giant costume. And we can see that this is like, no, nah, I'm not taking, I can't take those stairs. <laughs> and then he just takes like a walkway ahead of them. Uh, and then we go from there to uh, him with uh, Goro and Juri. And they are like looking at a screen and Barra Hacker is on the screen and then he disappears and like teleports to where they are through through the, through screen, the screen, which is yeah, like he's in the computer. Uh, that's a rad. That's a rad move. That's a very, very cool. Uh, then his face becomes a computer screen. Yup. He he be, he goes into like his list of Mega Man powers and oh, he selects yes. Chainsaw Face. And yep. his regular face goes away, and a chainsaw sticks out of his face, and he just starts like cutting stuff up and going after Goro. Yeah, which I just um. If you had an option to turn part of you into a chainsaw for, like, maximized weaponage, I feel like your face isn't the best part no, of you. No, e- that's not even the second best part. To choose. But I guess he's already got, like, giant sword arms, so whatever. All right. I mean, listen, clearly it's effective for a moment because he almost gets Goro with it. Yeah. Um, they manage to get away. He goes back to the Mega Man weapon select screen on his face and selects Cartoon Bomb. Yeah, a bomb uh, flies out of his computer screen and, like, explodes. Uh, the Rangers dive out of a window as it explodes behind them. Nice which explosion is, scene here, by the way. Very yeah, good explosion. Solid, solid work there, guys. Uh, they try the Bing Bang Buster, which is the combination of their five, like, individual cool weapons. And that doesn't work. And then they say, well, he's like, ah, chumps, like, I know all your weapons and I can defeat all of them. Like, you can't touch me. And they say, but we've got a brand new weapon. And, like, you won't be able to do anything about it because it's going to crush you or something. Like, they just go into, like, a weirdly detailed explanation of exactly how it works. Um, they, they call it to the chief and chief is like, all right, let's test the strength of this new weapon. And then they just call the Cherokee mobiles. And for a moment, I'm like, dog, that is not a new weapon. Yeah, we've seen that one already. Uh, so what it is, is it's, and then Sky Phoenix flies over and the new weapon drops out of Sky Phoenix. And I feel like the scale that we have been given is like very weird because we saw Goro standing on top of Sky Phoenix and Sky Phoenix appears to be, like, about the size of a jet fighter. Uh-huh. But this thing... Okay, so what it is, is... It's a toy. Like, it's obviously a toy. And what it is, is it's, like, one of those stands, and there's, like, a wheel that locks into it. And presumably the toy version has, like, like a rip cord that you would pull to get the wheel spinning really hot fast. And then you would, like, hit a button, and it would release it with, like, fly forward and roll over stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was like it, an old, old, old Evil Knievel toy. Remember yep. that? That Uncle Pete had, Matt? Yep, yep, yep. That is exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, but, but like there are similar... Like that's just how the, the toy works. Um, but so, in, in in the show, of course, O-Red is standing inside of it and it catches fire right before it hits the dude. Uh, it's got yeah, like a little, the like, toy probably doesn't do that inside. Um, uh, it's very dangerous. What I, here's, what I, here's what I love about this is that it drops out of Sky Phoenix, right? And it's a big wheel that, like, O-Red uses to crush into people. 
Which means that it's kind of like the leveled up version of his move from earlier in the series where he would be in his jet fighter and drop out in a motorcycle and crash into people. He's like, well, listen, I got one move, which is falling out of an airplane and hitting somebody with a wheel. So, like, let's just level that up. Um, No, that is really great. But, like, again, the scale of this whole thing is weird because the entire – what is it called again? The giant roller. The entire giant roller, like, fits inside of Sky Phoenix, which doesn't seem like it would make sense. Also, I would like to point out, if the new weapon is just, like, a giant wheel that rolls over stuff – you already have two Choriki mobiles that are on giant wheels. Yeah, but this one catches on fire before it hits. Okay, that's true. Um, Dave, the other it's a one new weapon. Very large. It's and a there new powerful weapon, Dave. A bunch of wheels. They need to test those it. Wheels they need. Is, they need to test it. It's a <laughs> cannon. They need, they need uh, you to buy laser. this toy, Dave. They need you to buy the toy. <laughs> a laser cannon, Matt. You already bought that toy, laser. Dave. <laughs> You bought that toy three weeks ago. This is the new toy. <laughs> I would have if I had had it available. Um, okay, so it... And he's like, oh, so he sees Giant Crusher or Giant Roller coming at him. Hacker does. He sees Giant Roller coming at him. And we see that first person view again. And it's like looking at it. And it's like trying to analyze it. And it just comes up like, can't unable to analyze because... Because it's moving too fast, Dave. Because screw you, why? That's why you can't analyze it. Because it's a giant new wheel. Um, So it's also got twenty-one passwords. It's true. So it goes down, and uh, and then they get so Acho and Coach to do their thing, and uh, we get giant power hacker, and uh, then they summon, they form a robo. Which thankfully, all those robots, the mobiles are already there. Uh, we yeah, spent five minutes good. watching them come together into the robot. Yeah, well, we're you know running out of episodes, so that's that. Uh, get a couple of fun moves. Uh, it Ranger Robo switches out his head a few times. Yeah, so we, we get, get a Taurus dive. Yeah, and Taurus and, like uh, lightning blast where electricity yeah. shoots out of the Taurus horns, which is cool. And then uh, Graviton head, which is the Leon dash Leon head, and uh, Leon beam, which is just like a gravity beam that like bounces you up and down and hurts you. Uh, um, there is a great moment where Barra Hacker like wraps a bunch of cords, like cords shoot out of him and wrap around Orobo, and he's like, "We'll take this," and he starts to electrocute Orobo, and then Orobo is just like, "Nah," and reverses the electricity and just electrocutes Barra Hacker yeah. because sure. It, at some point in this fight, um, the screen that is Barra Hacker's face gets smashed. Which seems uncommonly savage for this show. Like, it yeah. feels rough. Because then when Bear Hacker talks after that, his voice is all garbled because his face is broken. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Like, this is not a raw episode, but that is a kind of a raw moment. Uh, <laughs> um, and that's it, basically. And then that's like, it, yeah. They kill him. He falls over. Uh, we come back to the moon and Emperor Bacchus Wrath is having another temper tantrum. Yeah, he's, um, he's and that's kind of yeah. it. Yeah, no, there's like no post scene in this one. Like they just beat Barry Hacker and they beat Barry Hacker. So yeah, man. Beat him. That's all you need to do. Just hit him with that big wheel. That just the biggest wheel. Oh, Dave, Dave. It's, surely it's not the biggest wheel. It is not the biggest wheel. <laughs> <laughs> you have not even seen the biggest wheel yet. 
I, uh, I have not gotten that far in the show on my own. I'm trying to watch ahead here, but I do know for a fact that there is a much bigger wheel. Nice. Uh, well, you know, Matt, I've been enjoying this show. I'm not going to say I haven't, but uh, that does give me a little something extra to look forward to. So, Matt, that's it for, for that episode, but it's not it for our episode. No, Dave. Right now, it is time for us to see how Barahacker fares in the Creature Royale. So, so I love Barahacker. He's very good. Yeah, he's very, very good. So, and, uh, and you know, I actually feel like now we've got enough Baranoia monsters that we can, we can kind of start using them. So... You mean to, like, compare against? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Barra Crusher, Barra Brain. Better or worse, man? Ah, uh, boy. Boy, oh boy. Okay, yeah, because those guys are right next to each other, right? Yeah, they are. And they're both, like, kind of right... They're not quite at the middle of the list. They're actually just a little bit above it, but... Okay. Well, a few spots above that is Barra Darts. Do you like um, Barra Hacker more or less than Barra Darts? I, ooh, that's a tough one. Man, that is really, really tough. Baradarts had a really cool episode. But Barahacker's so weird. We've never had a hacking monster before. Like, it's a really unique monster. They've never done anything like that before. And I think that's, that's so I actually think I'm going to say more. Oh, really? Okay. I, I like his gimmick, but I do not like... Man, Barrett Darts had that mustache and the monocle, and he, like, he was sharpshooting with his tail darts. Okay, yeah, okay, that is really and cool. Jury and Jury was, them. like, yeah, like, he thought that he was Jury's, like, boss, and he got sort of weird about that. Yeah, okay, well. And there was, like, the triple, uh, the, the triple fake out with the football-shaped antidote for his poison. No, that, his that rust was poison. Good. So okay, so Barahacker is cool, but I don't think he's as cool as Baradarts. Okay, well, let's. Is he in between them? I feel like we're getting all these guys very close together because Baradarts right now is number thirty-eight. Barracrusher is forty-one, and Barabrain is forty-two. Yeah, but I mean, I'm looking at Light Armadillo and Enra Enra, the Pollution Guy, and then Bakuki the Illusionist. And I I do like Barahacker more than those guys. Yeah, but those guys are right above Kama Itachi the Sickle Weasel. You know, the guy who was pretending to be a uh, elementary school headmaster, but he turned out to actually be a weasel monster with a jetpack who was turning children into monsters. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, at some point, Matt, we should maybe do a little reorg of this because, like, kind of, look, not right now, but looking back at this, some of them are like, man, I feel like Kama Itachi is, like, way cooler than, like, some of these other monsters. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. So anyways, um, okay, yeah, well, when you put it like that, I don't like Barahacker as much as I like Kama Itachi. Okay, but I might like him around as much as I like the Shooting Doji Brothers, who are right underneath that. Yeah, and I and do I like, like him I... better than Oborogumura, the taxi man. Yeah, and I like him better than Aunt Bazooka. Yeah, so I think the real question then is, um, better or worse than the Shooting Doji Brothers? You know, I'm actually going to say I'm going to go one down from the Shooting Doji Brothers because the Shooting Doji Brothers were also the first brother monsters that we had. And you know I got a soft spot for those brother monsters. Got a soft spot for those brother monsters. So in that case, if we're agreed, 
That puts Bara Hacker at spot number 50. All right. Sounds good to me. And that, Dave, is going to do it for another episode of For Your Eyes, O-Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get the show. That's what's going to help new people find it. Uh, Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Uh, to find any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do so at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Uh, once again, hey, thanks everybody for listening this year. Um, we appreciate you all, and I hope yeah. that you have had a great Christmas or you know whatever holiday you are celebrating, and have a great New Year, and we'll see you in 2018. Uh, and until then, uh, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Oh, man.